0: FantasyPoints.com and the 2022 Franchise Focus Series is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports, with no waivers, trades, or lineup setting for season-long drafts. New users can sign up to Underdog Fantasy using promo code FANTASYPTS for up to $100 in bonus cash on their first deposit. That's promo code PTS. Head to FantasyPoints.com slash Underdog for more information. Now, let's get to the show. It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room with a single goal to help you score more Fantasy Points. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus series of podcasts here at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan. We're kicking off a brand new week talking one of the more, frankly, intriguing teams in the NFL and a team that has had far more changes this offseason than I think we've, uh, we've seen in years past. And the funny part is, the change that many people expected to happen didn't, because Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, but who he's throwing to is a big question. Now, there was never a question, though, who I was going to ask to bring on the Fantasy Points podcast to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Packers fans know him incredibly well. You probably know him from Twitter because, well, there's always a lot of ball game left. His name is Aaron Nagler. You follow him on Twitter at Aaron Nagler. That's N-A-G-L-E-R. He's the co-founder of Cheesehead TV, the host of the Packers Daily Podcast, and he is as good as it gets talking Green Bay Packers. We've been uh we've been acquainted for a while, Aaron, but this is the first time I've had you on the podcast. Feels like I know you, though, just from you know all of our discussions and our interactions on Twitter and from listening to the Packers podcast. Welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you.
1: Thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah, it's it. It is kind of funny that we've never really kind of sat down and talked ball before. But yeah, we've we've gone back and forth on Twitter forever, it seems. And you're right, it does feel like yeah, my old friend Joe. But it's really nice to be invited on. Thanks for having me, and excited to talk some pack.
0: So I don't know if you remember, we actually have met in person. I think either once or twice. I do. Yeah, I think
1: once. Uh, it was a while ago. It was pre definitely pre pandemic. I know it, that.
0: Oh yeah, it was at Lincoln Financial Field, and there was that like was a fantasy it. football event there. Anyway. Yep. Um, yep. uh, it, it's, uh, it's great to have you on the, on the show, Aaron, and we're going to talk Packers here, but first, uh, just letting everybody know that the franchise focus series of podcasts is brought to you by Evans sports cards and collectibles, the best place for cards, collectibles, autographs, and more. When we do a memorabilia giveaway at fantasy points, they're all from Evans and Evans always has the latest boxes and releases from Panini upper deck tops and more. It's not a superstore. It's one of those family-owned small businesses, so you get to know the staff. They get to know you. They get to know what you're looking for. If you're a collector, there's nothing better than that. If you're in the Philadelphia area, go visit Evans in person or just visit that eBay store. It's a perfect eBay store, great online representation of what Evans is. Follow at Evans Cards on Twitter. Like them on Facebook and head to evanssportsnj.com for all the weekly releases, updates, card releases, and there's always that updated eBay store on the website. That's EvansSportsNJ.com online and at EvansCards on Twitter. And tell them that the guys from FantasyPoints.com sent you. Um, Aaron, like when when the Packers extended Aaron Rodgers, let's just, let's just talk, let's just break down the whole dynamic of the offseason. Because I have to imagine, or correct me if I'm wrong, I have to imagine you were floored when they traded Devontae Adams after Aaron Rodgers was extended, like it almost felt like, was this the organization kind of giving them a back at you a double cross? I don't even know, but it actually seems like Aaron Rodgers was relatively Zen about the move. What was, what was the whole reaction like from Packer fans? What was your reaction? How long did it take for that? Really that seismic shift to kind of settle with you after Essentially the Packers saying, Hey, we're gonna run it back. We re-signed Aaron Rodgers. I think it was a move that caught everybody by surprise.
1: Yeah, I I remember the evening of the kind of the news breaking that they were trading Devante, I did a live stream on my YouTube channel and I, you know, I put it out there on Twitter. I said, I understand this move. I'm really disappointed because I love Devante, but I understand the thinking behind it. And my mentions were instantly what what do you mean you understand it people were just really upset and I think it did catch a lot of people by surprise it was funny the beginning of the off season I was very much what you're talking about there in the mindset of well if they don't trade Aaron and they do resign him obviously they're going to be bringing Devante back but what is funny is I had heard maybe like two weeks prior to the actual trade that this was something that was being discussed and at that point I heard it from somebody I wasn't really familiar with all that much. Hadn't really talked to them about these kinds of things before. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt, but then when it happened, I was like, okay, I, I guess this, this person kind of knows what they're talking about and going back and looking back kind of over the, what has transpired between the Packers and Devante over the course of like the last, I'd say 16, 17 months, you can kind of see the trail and it, it all the, kind of goes back to last summer when they failed to get any kind of deal done, anything reworked with his contract as far as heading into this season, this past season, without an extension. I mean, I asked Devontae point blank, I think it was last kind of OTA's minicamp, you know, are you going to show up without an extension? And he was, you know, very matter of fact. He said, yeah, you know, I signed this deal and I'm going to be there. I'm not giving away any of my money but it was kind of very businesslike and very cold almost between Devonte and the team in a way that looking back probably should have sent maybe a little bit a, a few more antenna kind of springing to life so to speak because you know Devonte he's he's a really great guy and he's a great teammate but he is his own man and I think he finally got to a spot in his career where he knew there was a real moment where he could use whatever leverage he had to kind of steer the ship, so to speak. And I do think there's a little bit to you know, what he was asked about in his press conference there when he, when he got to Vegas about, you know, he, he saw a path forward where there's a good chance to, you know, Aaron Rodgers could only be in green Bay for one more year. And he doesn't want to be part of a reset with Jordan love. And I know he didn't say that in so many words, but I can't begrudge him for that. I think if you read between the lines, that's probably what he's thinking. He wants to keep continuing put up big numbers and he wants to go play with his buddy, you know, one of his favorite, if not his favorite player he's ever played with at at any level in in car. So, you know, you piece it all together in hindsight, you can kind of see, I see the path, but it did in the moment. Certainly, I think catch a lot of people by surprise.
0: So obviously, from a fantasy perspective, look, you could probably write a book about what this Packers offseason. But from a fantasy perspective, ultimately, what this does is it opens a massive amount of target equity uh, for uh, all the young players to come up. And look, I understand Rodgers is a big trust guy and Randall Cobb is still there. Um, Forgive us for not exactly pushing Randall Cobb too hard at this stage of his career for fantasy purposes.
1: <laughs> it's understandable. It's understandable. And,
0: and so my question, but first and foremost, we're, we'll, we'll talk about the the three ro- rookie wide receivers, especially the first two taken, but what is Rogers trust level with Alan Lazard, who for my money has been a guy who's flashed. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I, when I looked at Alan Lazard's numbers, this off season, I was actually relatively surprised by how few passes he's actually caught in the NFL. I think it's just over 100 because it always yeah. seems like he's flashed with Aaron Rodgers. But, you yep. know, with Adams gone and Valdez Scantling gone, there is a lot of chance for Alan Lazard here. Do you expect Alan Lazard is going to be that guy who's going to open as, quote unquote, the number one wide receiver this season?
1: I think it'll be dependent on the matchup. I think it's going to be pretty, you know, dependent on how they think they can game plan versus whatever scheme they're facing. I know Aaron has already name checked it. He's already said, you know, Alan Lazard is going to be our number one. He said that point blank at his locker during OTAs in our mini camp. Um, but I do think Sammy Watkins is going to be in that mix as well. And again, I think some of that is scheme dependent. You know, it's where do we think we can utilize these guys and how do we think we can get them in advantageous situations. To me, the 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 ceiling for Lazard is if you go back and watch the Week Three game from 2020, where Devontae was missing and Lazard absolutely. It was funny going into that game. A lot of people assumed MVS was kind of going to be the quote number one, and Lazard just went absolutely ham in that Is that game. the
0: night game against the Saints?
1: Yes. Oh, okay, that All was right, the one. So and. Yeah, and it's funny because he ended up getting hurt at the end of that game. He had a core muscle injury, which kept him out for another six, seven, some weeks after that. So you didn't really get to see him build on that success. But the other thing that I think is going to maybe – I I do think, to your point, without Adams there, obviously there is a humongous opening when it comes to targets, right? And I do think Allen has somewhat suffered from that because he hasn't been targeted a lot. Because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been Devontae Adams, who – Aaron Rodgers point blank said, you know, close to 80% of their passing plays last year were either drawn up or focused on Devontae. And that's close to 80%. That's unheard of in a game plan, you know? So, Allen, I think, will be more involved. The, the, where he's going to be maybe a victim of his own success, so to speak, is the fact that I know, you know, there are lots of times where Allen is used, and they talked about it openly last year, as the goon. You know, the guy, the muscle guy, guys, they're going to motion in line. They're going to have him coming, cracking down and taking on even like linebackers, but even defensive ends at times. Like the guy is an insane blocker and he's a really physical player. And I do think, you know, there are going to be stretches. And again, somewhat matchup dependent where, you know, the is going to be like, well, we need you out there, you know, to make sure that you're sealing the edge and make sure that you're taking care of those corners where it's going to be not so much dependent or like the thinking isn't going to be so much about, can you beat that guy on press coverage? It's going to be about more. Can you beat him up in the running game? Uh, whereas with Sammy, I think he is very much going to be kind of what Packers like to do a lot. And that's, you know, a lot of teams do this. Like they have trips to one side. They have the guy iso on the backside. I think you're going to see Watkins in that scenario a lot. And that if somebody plays off of him, you know, Aaron, we know he loves that quick smoke screen. I think that could really help Sammy. So I do think it's going to be somewhat dependent on who they're facing. It's going to be really difficult to get a handle on, okay, this is the number one in green Bay, at least early on. I do think as the year progresses, we'll see, you know, who they get in a groove with, but, Early on, it's going to be very touch and go.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously, Um, I know, Aaron, you used to play fantasy more than you do now, but Sammy Watkins has clearly been a player who uh, has uh, Lucy with the football a few too many times, and it's hard to get people yep. excited about drafting him. Well,
1: and I get it. I get it. And look, uh, if you know, to a fantasy audience, I would say, do exactly what the Packers did. Wait for his value to go completely down. Wait well, as there. long <laughs> as you can in the draft. No, exactly, but that's my point. Like, Wait. Yeah. No one else is going to take this guy, right? But you talk about a potential lottery ticket in this offense with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. And we all know the guy's just got to stay on the field. I mean, don't talk to me about what he did in Baltimore. That's a completely different offense with a completely different design. If he can stay on the field in this system with a floor calling plays and Aaron Rodgers pulling the trigger, he is going to put up some fantasy points. There's no doubt there.
0: Uh, so um, I, I think the other two guys uh, people are more excited about for fantasy than Sammy Watkins are obviously Christian Watson, the second round pick out of NDSU, and then Romeo Dubs from from Nevada. Um, I, I, Aaron, from from a pure redraft standpoint, I'm not talking dynasty leagues. I've right. had a tough time drafting Watson where he's getting drafted. It's actually pretty close. The hype remember. is the
1: hype is up. I know that.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard for me because look, you you know what his skill set is? It's a phenomenal skill set, mm. oh, but he yeah. ran past one double A corners and, <laughs> right and then there was a little bit of hype on dubs out of mini camps always more polished and did you see it that way what are your expectations because as you well know rookie wide receivers with Aaron Rodgers kind of an oil and water type scenario in the past
1: oh very much so and he spoke to that you know this spring where he talked about production versus potential how much he prefers production and look I think it's a matter of it's going to be somewhat of necessity that he throws to these guys, at least at some point, you know, early on in the year. Yeah, it'll be touch and go. I wouldn't, you know, expect much out of any of these guys for the first month of the season, so to speak. But that said, I do think both of them could eventually be pretty darn productive. I do agree about Dubs being, I mean, you look at his college tape. I I couldn't believe that was a day three player. I I love his tape, and I didn't know anything about him when they drafted him at all. I go into the draft as about as blind as you can. I mean, I don't do a ton of work just because I don't want to be, you know. Everyone's always caping up for their their guy, and then when he doesn't get drafted, they spend the kid's entire career going, "Well, oh, the Packers should have drafted that guy." Like that's just not a way to exist for me. But I I went and watched his tape, and I I like I said, I was just shocked that he was a day three dude, and I do think he can do pretty much everything the Packers are going to ask from all three spots. And that's what makes him so exciting. You know, I do think they can line him up all across the formation, any type, anything, any personnel. He, I tell you what, if he gets to camp and he is consistent and if he does make mistakes, he learns from them and doesn't make them again. Aaron's going to like this kid pretty quickly Um, with Watson. You see the explosiveness, you definitely see the athleticism. There's no question that um, they're going to want to tr- bring him along, so to speak. But I do think, to your point, you know, he, the, the level of competition is a big question mark. I know there are some questions about his hands. I know his his uh, his cheerleaders have certainly tried to put that into a certain context when it comes to, you know, how often he was actually targeted, what have you. But, you know, I do think, you know, you drop a, a ball here or there, you maybe don't get a few looks from Aaron for, for a while after that. So I, I do think if there's one that you want to look at in redraft, especially, I think Dubs is the clear winner there, especially if you can probably most likely get him, you know, way late in your draft.
0: I mean, obviously, um, the NFL draft is kind of a chaotic time for for media and for Twitter. But um, you, you're obviously, I would, I would presume you're familiar with Greg Cosell and his work.
1: Oh, I know Greg very well. I yeah, used to God. go to uh, out to Jersey to watch film with him.
0: Uh, well, always a phenomenal experience to do that, and it's just it's oh. mind-blowing, the, the level of detail. But um, I don't know if you saw, but Greg, uh, he did scouting reports for us at Fantasy Points, and um, he did uh, – I saw some the, of them. I did. The prospect yeah. guide, and he obviously wrote them before the draft. Mm-hmm. His comparison for – do you want to guess? I don't know if you know. Do you know what his comparison for Christian Watson was?
1: I don't. I do not.
0: Marquez Valdez-Scantling.
1: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard some of that. I actually think Watson's got a lot more wiggle than MVS does, but I get it from the sense of like a tall, Stylistic. yeah, a guy who can can break it open for you deep and can definitely get north and south quickly, the long striding thing. But man, I tell you, he's got to my eyes, he's got a lot more wiggle than MVS. There's
0: no um, doubt there. I definitely need to hook you up with the prospect guide after this because do you know what his comparison for Romeo Dubs was? Now, keep in mind this is pre-draft.
1: Oh, now now I'm intrigued. Who is this?
0: Devontae Adams.
1: There you go. That's now, what I'm and, and talking like, about. This
0: is what Greg was saying. He's like, now, you, when you compare players, he compares them to when he was watching a player coming out of college. Right. right? Exactly. And, You're
1: talking and, about Devontae coming out of Fresno State. I, can, Fresno totally State. I can, can totally see it. He was a second-round
0: pick. And keep in mind, yep. you you well know, and this speaks to the Aaron Rodgers rookie wide receiver thing, right? Like, Devontae was one of the least efficient wide receivers in, the first two, in his first two years in the NFL. Right. Like, it it yep. took time. And yep. but, you know, Greg said like and like he, he pointed this out because he said, now, keep in mind, Devontae Adams was a day two pick. And at the time, he expected dubs to be a day two pick, which also speaks to you saying, man, they got this guy on day three. I'm
1: telling you, I'm his tape is not there's nothing on his tape that says day three to me. Not so a thing.
0: The very they're, they're just very interesting comparisons. But also, the, like, I, it's hard to shake the Aaron Rod, like Jordy Nelson, you know, didn't produce right. as a
1: rookie. another day two pick.
0: Yeah, yep. Devontae didn't produce as a rookie. Randall Cobb, I think, had the the huge, like, week one The big game.
1: plays early, yeah, exactly. Right. But he wasn't, like, he wasn't a dynamo, you know what I mean? He didn't take the league by storm or
0: anything. Right, so it took a while for that. So, and anyway, that's just very interesting to me. But going back to just talk Packers in general, I think one of the things when you realize Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs, okay? You know, I think that the general fan – view of this offense is oh my god Aaron Rodgers is is just sitting back in the shotgun and he's just picking defenses apart and throwing the ball 45 times a game right that's not how the floor operates like the the Packers are a very balanced offense and my question now becomes the run game because we know the run game is going to be terribly important for what the Packers do can you compare and contrast the roles of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and what you expect from this backfield?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you have to think they'll obviously be leaning on these guys. I mean, they're two, of, if not the two most talented guys at the skill positions anywhere along the Packers' offense. And especially in the passing game, you know – in the past, you know, I know this has been thrown around a lot online this offseason, especially by Packers fans, but in the seven games that Devontae missed in his time under Matt, they won all seven of those, and a big chunk of that was because they got the backs involved in the passing game, whether it was Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, that was where they mostly turned. You know, they did a lot of uh, not just you know even, even like swing routes and angle routes and traditional screens and wide receiver screens with a running back, et cetera. They just got the ball in the guy's hands, get them in space. Right. I do think the, you know, we, we, we've seen how they've operated in the past and that's traditionally now it's not every single week, but traditionally it's Aaron Jones gets the early load. Right. And then AJ Dylan gets a series and then they kind of mix and match as the game goes dependent on the flow of the game, what they're trying to do on offense. I do wonder this year if there's a bit of a change just because of what you're talking about there. Is there a little bit more kind of, all right, we do want to button it up and run the ball a little bit, a little bit more, not a lot. You're never going to be a heavy run team with Aaron Rodgers under center, but do you want to feature that just a little bit more? And does that mean utilizing AJ a little bit earlier in the game? Now I think, you know, Aaron Jones most likely, and this is, you know, Way in the future, but I do think most likely that there's a good chance that this is his final year in Green Bay, given where his contract is and what they're dealing with with the cap. I do think you know they can absolutely count on him bringing it in both facets of the game. And I do think he's gonna maybe not, you know, old school Marshall Falk Edron James style, but I think he is going to be an absolute monster when it comes to gobbling up yardage. Um, I do think you know, touchdowns. You worry a little bit because certainly you get in the red zone. The guy's got an amazing nose for the goal line, but so does AJ. You know, they're pretty interchangeable in that regard. One obviously does it with a little bit more power. One does it with a little bit more, you know, getting skinny, so to speak, and getting through the wash. But both of them have an uncanny ability of making sure that ball crosses the goal line. I do think Aaron's going to be the primary driver when it comes between moving the, you know, moving between the 20s. Um, now, as far as like what that split is, I, what sucks for fantasy players, it's like it's impossible to know what they're going to be looking at game plan wise and how they're going to think, oh, we can because look, there have been weeks where I have gone into the week thinking, well, they are obviously not going to spread it out and pass it all over. This happened. This exact thing happened last year heading into the Chicago game down to Chicago. I'm spending the whole week telling my audience Look, this is a classic game where they have to button it up. They have to run the ball. Legit, Lafleur and Aaron come out the first quarter, five wide, spreading it out, spread formation, like the to the point where I got upset about it. And I asked Lafleur about it in his presser on Monday. I was like, "What? Why are you so beholden to the spread and the the empty and the blah blah blah?" And I I actually apologized to him later in the week because I was like, "You know, I got to let my fan get a, get a hold of me there a little bit, but you just never know." What they're seeing, what they're thinking, as far as game plans go, and that makes it really hard to know how they're going to want to utilize each guy against certain defenses. What they think their matchup is, as opposed to what we perceive. So, you know, it's a, it's unfortunately for fantasy players, it's a, it's a, it's a tough nut to crack. But I can guarantee you, they're both going to be very productive throughout the season. Being able to tell which one week to week, that's a little bit more difficult.
0: Uh, by the way, I'm I'm obviously just going to highlight and clip it for social media that you said Aaron Jones is Marshall Falk, and then we're just gonna we're just gonna we're gonna end it there. I love it, um, dude. Um, uh, I love it. That's my uh. That's music to Graham Barfield's ears because he at FantasyPoints.com, He's been pounding the table for Aaron Jones in the second round all year long. As and for me, you know, it, it's funny with uh, just just as a note for the listeners the Packers are one of those teams that has two running backs getting drafted Jones in the second round and Dylan in the seventh. And I kind of like the price for both of them. Like I, I mm. like, it's like one of those things where I don't know if I would draft both of them because having both on the same, no, team,
1: you can't do that. Yeah. It, do that.
0: No. It, it, it'd be kind I'll of, I'll tell you what on. though,
1: man, Dylan in the seventh, that's a steal.
0: Yeah. That's I like, I like it both. Steal. And he's a better receiver. Like I, you know, our guy, John Hanson, he, he caught intel last year that hey, check out AJ Dillon. He can catch the ball because he, he was oh, asked to do it. AJ he at it.
1: AJ's camp last year was ridiculous. We all like every day he made some catch like up the sideline, skying over a corner or something. That we, we were there as the media. Like everybody would kind of do a double take and look at each other. Like, <laughs> did I just see grinder. that? Like, yeah. it, it was crazy. So yeah, he's got the he and he really worked out. We did a show, a weekly show with him last year, and you know he talked about how the time he spent in the off season working on his hands and trying to like get into route running and things like that. And I know Aaron does the same thing. So yeah, AJ, uh, he, he is absolutely a legit weapon in the passing game. And I do think again, it's not something that has been utilized a ton up till now, but I think, uh, I think that check is in the mail for 2022. Yeah, and I think
0: both of those guys are going to be hugely important for for what Aaron Rodgers does as well. So, Aaron, I I mean, you've been phenomenal here, but I, I have to ask because I've been wrapping up all these podcasts, asking the guests, the analyst, maybe somebody on the low end who you wouldn't be surprised to say maybe not be like a fantasy stud, but somebody who you might be looking at on the waiver wire at some point down the road. Uh, you have a couple names for the Packers who we're not even in my stratosphere, and I love that <laughs> stuff. So drop them on the drop right. them on the list.
1: All right. Well, the first one is uh, the tight end Tyler Davis. Who and look, they the Packers um, with Tunyon. Not really sure he's supposedly, reportedly going to be ready for Week One. I'll see. I- I'm skeptical on that, but hey, if he does hit the ground running, great. Um, of course, they got big dog. They got they drafted Josiah DeGuara a couple years ago, and he is finally kind of, you know, last year he was coming back from a major injury, so he's got a full kind of year of recovery now. I think all of those guys are going to be utilized, obviously. And Tunyon's your lead dog there. There's no question about it. But Tyler Davis is a guy who came in last year, did the work, and really caught people's eyes to the point where, you know, Brian Gutekun's name-checked him during the draft about, you know, how excited they were. And you just watch his tape, and it's not just – and here's what I get excited about when you talk about – opportunities, right? And if you're talking deep sleepers and a guy who possibly could work his way into something. He's going to get opportunities to be on the field because of his blocking. But when he's on the field in Green Bay, any single play can turn into a pass play. You know, that's the thing when you have Aaron Rodgers, any single play For can, sure. if you're buttoned up, you're running three tight ends, all of a sudden Aaron's like, nope, we're running this. I see this in coverage and makes the audible and the way they go. And when he when Davis was thrown into that kind of situation in Baltimore last year, third down, Rogers is getting blitzed. I mean, Rogers is literally getting hit as he throws it. Davis makes the exact right adjustment, is right where Rogers wants him to be. Big third down conversion. Um, you know, he had a couple other little catches throughout the year, but it's just yeah, the, that all adds up, you know. And obviously, we'll see what happens when he gets to camp. Is he doing the work? Has he spent the offseason you know, in the gym, etc. Has he got the playbook down? But I really like this kid from what he put on tape uh, throughout last season. And then the other guy, this is this is super deep because we just talked about the two Deeper running backs. Tyler and,
0: Davis deep, by the
1: way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, but you know, I mean, look, we're in the age of the internet where everybody knows yeah, everything, course. right? Like, there's nobody I'm gonna say that like most people haven't at least you know heard in, in passing at some point, especially football fans. But you know, it's like. With the, as good as those backs are, you never know when injury strikes and in a league where you want to run guys, um, you know, two, three deep at that position, they don't have Kylan Hill for the first part of the year. He has suffered a horrific injury in Arizona week eight last year. So most likely won't be ready for the start of the season. Tyler Goodson is a rookie running back out of Iowa who I know they like a lot. He looked good in the spring. I know that doesn't mean much. They're in shorts, but the, staff really seems to like him and i tell you what you get to camp you make a play or two you're consistent and of course you show that you you're picking up the offense you know where to be in pass pro etc tyler's got the skill set um he's got the pelts on the wall production wise in college Uh, he's a guy who i think you know again deep sleeper put him in the mix i i don't there's some upside there definitely
0: His name is Aaron Nagler. He has been phenomenal here on the franchise focus podcast series. You follow him on Twitter at Aaron Nagler. Um, uh, And you'll always know when there's a lot of ball game left. Aaron, that I mean, you tweet that not just for Packers games, right? You tweet that for
1: it's a life philosophy, Joe. Yeah, it's like, you know, everyone's always up in arms, especially on Twitter. And it's like you just gotta step back and just, you know, breathe a little bit and say, you know, there's a lot of ball game left.
0: And there there often is there's a lot of ball game left for the Green Bay Packers. Uh still they're retooling, but they're always gonna be competing for Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron, if uh, if Aaron Rodgers does decide to call it quits at some point, we're going to bring you on and we're going to break down uh, just the, the the an unknown scenario that the Packers have not been in for a long time, <laughs> but that oh, is yeah. not this year. That is not this no, year. No, sir. Um, you follow him on Twitter at Aaron Nagler. Follow Cheesehead TV at Cheesehead TV. He is the man. Uh, I... Decidedly, am not, but you can follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Franchise Focus podcast series. We'll be back later this week talking Lions, Broncos, Cowboys, Browns. Might be something to talk about there. Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be uh, uh, just a run up to training camp with all kinds of information at fantasypoints.com. So make sure you check it out. My name's Joe Dolan. He's Aaron Nagler. This has been the Franchise Focus on the Green Bay Packers, and it was the